Good evening and welcome to Psychedelic Healing. I'm your host, Sonia Cato, nurse practitioner and mental health advocate. I am so excited to bring back on again my business partner, John Giordano. I am so blessed to have him, his his history. He began his career in addiction treatment and he, you know, just being exposed to that, he was so dissatisfied with the quality of care and you know, just a one-sided view and not really helping to heal his his patients. And so he decided to set out on his own. And in his book, you'll see he, with only $300, he opened an addiction treatment facility that evolved into this huge, highly awarded G&G uh, Holistic Addiction Center. Jayco even accredited it. So that's a beautiful, that's actually a very big honor. And then actually sold it in 2012 for quite a large sum there. In addition to his daily activities in our clinic, he has provided counseling and trauma recovery services to law enforcement officers and Iraq and Afghanistan war veterans. Thank you again for coming to speak with me, John. Welcome. Absolutely. And let me tell all of you that Sonia is unbelievable. She really cares about the clients. and That's why I got involved in the business. I've been doing addiction uh, treatment for over 35 years working with alternative medicine and psychedelics since 1996 with Dr. Deborah Mesh. And ketamine treatment was something that I wasn't going to get involved. I was lecturing in Taiwan, in Taipei, to a neuro, in a neuroscience conference talking about addiction and mental health. And they had four scientists that were talking about ketamine treatment. And I went to their lecture. I wanted to listen about this because it had to do with psychedelic treatment. And I said, well, let me see what they're doing. And they were really poo-pooing ketamine because they had an epidemic, Taipei. So they were really like one-sided against the ketamine. And I can understand why. So over the years, it was about six or seven years, I started to look, and I'm a researcher, so I'm in 80 medical and scientific peer-reviewed journals. And I started to look at ketamine. And I started to see that it, it, it grew new neurons, new connections in the brain. And then I started to talk to people that did ketamine, and I found out that they were really getting really getting help. And he says, wait a second, I think I have to revisit this. You know, part of the problem with the addiction and mental health field, they're very closed-minded. And I find that quite interesting because they're supposed to be a group of clinicians and psychiatrists and people that teach people how to be open-minded and change. Well, mm -hmm. and it's got to start at the top because they're not open-minded to change at all. And <clears throat> so I've been studying to talk to people. And since I'm in recovery now coming up on 39 years, I thought I was going to get a big pushback on what I was doing with ketamine. But I did on a personal level. But I did on a treatment level. Uh, wanting to go and lecture to the treatment centers, uh, to the clients, and to the therapists, the psychiatrists, the doctors, talking about plant medicine and how it fits into our genre today, how it fits into our our, our healing uh, modalities. Why and do you I, think it got so much? Huh? Why do you think it got so much pushback with okay. ketamine is legal? I, I, think I had a gentleman in my office today, in our office, Mm -hmm. And I'm talking to him about it. And one of the things is they say, well, is it legal to do it in the treatment center? I said, yes, if if the diagnosis is treatment resistance to 
uh, depression and anxiety, and they did multiple medications. They have to have a psych eval to show that they're appropriate for treatment. And he says, oh, oh, okay, I didn't know that, but yeah, but how do you get paid for this? So he said, well, the bottom line is when you have people that are suffering, that are did medications, they did all these things, and they're not getting the help they need, and they're suicidal, and they're desperate, I think they're willing to uh, find the money for this. Yeah. And, you know, when I had my treatment center, the people used to tell me the same thing. They go, oh, that's a lot of money. They're not going to be able to pay for it. Well, when it's your child, guess what? You find the money. Addicts don't have money because they spend that on drugs and they can't keep a job. I understand mm-hmm. that. But when I used to say financing, people used to say, oh, they used to laugh at me. They go, no, addicts, you can't finance addicts. No, 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 I don't want to finance addicts. I want to finance the significant other or their parents because they're going to die. So if they don't get the right help, it doesn't matter. You're going to finance a funeral. Yeah. And they're financing so, an actual solution. That is right, right. a big difference. Be a, See, a lot of people, unfortunately, are into the problem, not the solution. And we all know where the problem winds up. Now, the solution, we don't know where that winds up too, but most of the time, if you really do your homework, it, it's a better place. So anyway, I, I went around to different treatment centers, and the pushback I got was very interesting. It was like, oh, no, no, we don't do that. And anyway, the insurance doesn't cover it, so we don't want to do it. I said, well, let me ask you a question. I says, how many times you got people going in and out? Three, four times in your treatment center? I realized, I said to myself, wait a second. If they don't have to go back and forth to treatment, they're going to lose money. Right. Yeah, because so with insurance, right, they're not going to keep going back, paying for something that they keep going back to, right? No, no, insurance companies, this is the, the, the another point. I have a um, whole thing about how to help clients and how to help the insurance company save money. And it works like this. It's really simple. The insurance companies are idiots, okay? <laughs> First of all, look at it real simple. You go to John's treatment center, you come out, two weeks later you relapse, now you go to Sonia's treatment center. A month later you relapse, and now you go to Harry's treatment center. Another month you go to George's treatment center. Well, look how much money they're wasting. Okay? They pay for it. All right? So the idea is real simple. I said, look, treatment needs to be 60 to 90 days according to the severity of the illness. I says, number one, when you've got chronic relapses, relapsing in, in, in multiple treatment centers, you think 28 days is going to make a difference? They can give the treatment. They've been to so many treatment centers. Right. So, and they say, so people say to me, go, oh, yeah, but that's a lot of money. I said, well, think about how much money they're spending to go hopping from treatment center to treatment center. I says, and now they say, well, how do we know it's going to work? I said, ah, I'm glad you asked that question. There is a program that it does work, and there is 80 to 90% success rate. They go, what program is that? Oh, well, I said it's called the Physician's Referral Network. That's where doctors get caught using drugs when they turn themselves in. Then they have to go to treatment. And they go for 90 days inpatient. Remember, their brains are damaged from drugs and alcohol. I don't think anybody disagrees with that, Sonia. Okay? So it takes that long for the brain to start to heal and for them to find to get a sense of what's going on. Right? So they go for 90 days, and then they have a five-year aftercare program. But here's the funny part, Sonia. They push back against that also. So here's the pushback. Oh, but they're afraid to lose their license. So that's why it's such a high rate of success. 
I said, oh, really? I said, tell you what, how about 20%? Is that a 90? How about just 20%? How many lives would that save compared to a 5 to 8% recovery rate? That's really the statistics? That's the statistics, 5 to 8%. Wow. Some things is even lower. I was speaking to my friend who was a treatment center that I used to do consulting work for. He said, John, I think it's more like 20%. I said, look, sad. the stats are saying 5 to 8%. It's probably less, maybe a little bit. Let's say it's 10%. I don't care. Okay? Any disease that had that, they would close the place. So it's a revolving door. Some of these treatments, oh, but some of these treatment centers are already into the money and they're warehousing people. Now, we keep treating people the same way for 70 years with a 5 to 8% recovery. Something's wrong. There's kids that are dying out there, okay? We got to wake up, okay? Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is, it's real simple stuff, okay? Why are we only looking at from the neck up? Last time I checked, my body was attached to my head. So what does that mean? Oh, yeah. real simple. Cholestic. If you have a low thyroid, you could have depression and anxiety. So let's talk to the thyroid. Let's do therapy on the thyroid. Let me know how that works for you. If you have leaky gut syndrome, H. pylori infection, those are gut issues, all right? If you have low testosterone, even high testosterone, closed head injuries, hypoglycemia, these are all precursors for depression and anxiety. Look, but Sonia, I always tell people this, and I'll tell your the viewers the same thing. Do not believe the word I tell you. Please, don't. Look it up. Okay? Yeah. That's the information's the out there. Yes. All out there. So we're not looking at people medically. We're only looking at them psychologically. Now, I'm not diminishing the psychological piece, okay, which is very important also. But when you have medical conditions that are co-contributing factors to depression and anxiety, you're not going to get people not to relapse. Yeah. And then there's another issue that we're not looking at. When you go to an addiction treatment center, most of them only look at drugs and alcohol. Most of the women come in, they have eating disorders. And now we're finding out that more and more guys have eating disorders. And what about gambling? And what about shopping addiction? And what about sex addiction? What about work addiction? So everybody goes, well, everything is addiction. I said, no. But let's look at what addiction means, okay? I simplify it for people. All right, I can give you the technical terms, the medical terms, how to make it real easy, Okay. If you continue to use a substance or a behavior in spite of adverse consequences, maybe you need to take a look at it. Just maybe you might have an addiction. Because look, if you always, people say, well, people got to work. If you're always working, okay, and you're not paying attention to your family, and you always got the excuse that if I don't work, how's my family going to live? One day you're going to turn around, you're not going to have a family. Because you're not with them. You have work, okay? Yeah. Gambling is the highest suicide rate. Imagine having a home, having cars, having everything, and within a week, you lose everything. They commit suicide. I'm a gambling counselor also, so I know that for a fact. Sex addiction, same thing. You cheat on your wife, you cheat on your girlfriend, you cheat on your husband, and you bring back disease, okay? Then they die from the disease. How's that one? You think that's an addiction and you keep doing it? I don't know. What do you want to call it? 
So I work with Dr. Blum. He's the geneticist who found the, the addiction gene, the main addiction gene. They're all connected, all right? This is called the DRD2 ALE1 variant gene. And what that means is that you have a propensity to be an addict or alcoholic. But if since epigenetics, epigenetics means the social environment can change the gene expression. So therefore, doesn't mean you have a sentencing of that you're going to be an addict, but you have the possibility of being one because you have the genetics. So there's a lot of co-contributing factors, and I just was reading a bunch of articles. I'm, I'm a very avid reader, and plus I learned a lot from Sonia. So she's, <laughs> I consider her one of my mentors. Aww. I read a whole thing on the vagus nerve, which is really interesting. Okay, now the vagus nerve is a nerve that is one of the few nerves that only goes both ways. Your nerves usually go right one way. All right, and what the vagus nerve does, I already thought it just, I was already thinking about it, taking serotonin and dopamine from the gut, which about 80 to 90% of uh, serotonin and dopamine is manufactured in your gut, your microbiome, your flora of your gut, bacteria of your gut. All right, goes up, deposits it into the brain through the vagus nerve. Now, if the vagus nerve is not healthy, okay, and that the functionality is not working properly, you're not going to get the results you need. Now, what's interesting about the vagus nerve that I learned that I didn't even know that it, it, it controls the heart, kidneys, liver. Oh my God, it, it has so much functionality to it. And it I controls would, your parasympathetic system. That's like the main nerve for your parasympathetic system, the rest and digest. All these things, I didn't even know this. All right. I'm always learning and willing to learn, and you know, I'm open. These treatment centers, now there's five treatment centers that I've heard that are doing ketamine. God knows how they're doing it, okay? Ketamine treatment centers are doing exactly the same model as addiction treatment centers. Well, what does that mean? I'll explain to you. Because you got corporate people or people that see dollar signs, they get into the industry. They're not doing uh, treatment the way you really need to do treatment. It's just uh, get the money in and out, goodbye, warehouse them, and that's it. Ketamine treatment is only a door opener. It opens up the subconscious. It grows new connections in the brain. But those connections need to be nurtured. Okay? Yes. It just open up a new connection. It's like, imagine walking through the forest and you ever see there's a trail and the grass is on either side and then the sand is right through because the people walked on it. Well, that's kind of like your brain. When you grow a new connection, you have that pathway, that you the new pathway. But if you don't walk continuously and people walking down that pathway, the grass grows over and it's gone. Well, it's the same thing with ketamine. You need to do integrative therapy. That's what we do at our clinic, at the Kennedy Wellness Clinic of South Florida. We grow new, what we do is we nurture those new connections. And how do we nurture it? Well, there's a number of ways we do it. It all depends. I always ask people, how well do you want to be? Oh, I want to really be well. Well, how much can you afford to be well? Unfortunately, insurance doesn't cover a lot of this stuff. Sad. So let's work with what you can afford and what we can do the best. So we came up to a way, Sonia and Callie came up with an idea, all of us, to include therapy with the treatment. Because when you open up that door in the subconscious and you walk into that place where you never wanted to walk into, you're going to run up against a lot of things that you may or may not understand. And what you see in your journey 
okay, it might be a little confusing. Okay, so you need a therapist that knows how to guide you through that whole journey. Okay, sometimes you think you see nothing, but that's not true because you have feelings that come up. And necessarily, you don't have to see images. So everyone's, oh, I didn't get any, I didn't see any images. But what were you feeling? Okay, resistance is about feelings also. It's not about imagery. Okay, and you need somebody who's trained to look at that. Regular therapists, unfortunately or fortunately, do not know how to work with plant medicine people. That's why they have schooling now today, okay, teaching therapists how to look at clients differently. I remember when I had my clinic, we had a 62-bed inpatient facility. I worked with Dr. Deborah Mesh, and I used to be the only one really treating Ibogaine clients. And my therapist just said, oh, they're on a pink cloud. Oh, you know, they're, they're full of crap. Oh, I said, no, you don't understand. Okay, this resets your neurotransmitters. It resets your brain. You're not thinking the way you used to think. It's almost over a year of treatment in one session. Okay. And they couldn't get it. So I had to send them and teach them how to do integrative therapy. And then they started to get it because then they started to see the clients, how they were responding to them because now they understood. Uh-huh. So the well, one for those clients, did, just for the clients out there, because you did speak about Ibogaine, if you haven't seen our podcast earlier with John, where we talk more in depth about Ibogaine, Ibogaine is another plant medicine. It's an African root that has been pretty much in existence and in our awareness since the 60s, right? But the FDA immediately outlawed it. And thankfully, we have Dr. Deborah Mash and John that actually, you know, did the research and say kids, you know, gosh, back in the day. And now it's coming to light and there's research being done. And hopefully, you know, that can be the future to really cure the opioid crisis because it is amazing for addiction, right? Within 24 hours, they can reset everything. And no cravings. Yes. Could you imagine waking up and not having that addiction to like, when am I going to get my my next hit? And that's just your whole life is consumed with that and just it being gone in 24 hours. So beautiful. (laughs) So here's the funny part, which is really not funny. What constitutes a schedule one drug? I'm going to tell you. Okay. Yeah. What this is. Okay. Yes. Something that's highly addictive and has no medical, what would you call it? No medical. No medical benefit. No benefit. No medical benefit. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you guys, you don't want to do Ibogaine on a daily basis because you're going into your own hell. Okay. I don't think you want to go visit that place. Right. right? Because that's where the real work gets done. Remember one thing. Talk therapy, what I call, deals with the software of the brain. Okay. But it's still on your hard drive. Now, you may get some relief for a while, and it comes back when things happen in your life and things like that. I became a plant medicine deals with the hard drive. Now, you know on your computer, you erase something on your computer, it's still in your hard drive. Okay? So that's what this plant medicine does. It deals with the hard drive. So with people, the pushback with ketamine was, oh, it's Special K. I did Special K. First of all, I laugh when I hear that. Because I'm an addict. I, I know how addicts do things, okay? Uh, yeah, I do special care. How much did you do? Uh, well, I did a couple of bumps. Well, how much was that? Uh, I don't know, but I'm kind of high. What? All right. It's not the same, man. You know? 
Yeah. This is done under supervision. It's done with low doses. It's done methodically with your weight. And then you're res- the way we do it is the way you respond to the medication. Okay? So it's, and, and your intent. This is not something like, I want to go get high. No. This is, I want to stop suffering. I want to be able to get out from under the blankets. I want to live. Okay? I'm tired of feeling this way. That's what this does. But unfortunately, some ketamine clinics, they just take their money, bring them in, give them some ketamine, and send them home. Now, what we do is we do therapy as integration for two hours, and that's included. And then we do group therapy once a week for as long as they want to come, no charge. People go, no charge? I said, yeah, we want people to have a long-term recovery, not a quick fix, and then they're back out there again. Yeah. So that's the difference, guys. So if you're going to require any place else, fine. Make sure they're doing therapy with you. Make sure they're really giving you a good aftercare program because stuff is going to show up in your life, and all that stuff is going to come flying back in if you don't get resolution. Yeah. Yeah, with any plant medicine, with any treatment, you always have to do more work. In any psychedelic um, use, you have to do the work along with it. It's just a catalyst to open your mind and really just see what's there to actually do the work, the work that has been buried so deep. And if you don't have the proper support, the integration, the the counseling, the coaching to actually work through all of it, you know, that neuroplasticity is very temporary. You know, everyone talks about neuroplasticity and psychedelics are amazing for that. However, if you don't cement in that growth, the the changes, doing the work, the journaling, working through the traumas, the neuroplasticity will not last. It will subside with the chronic stressors in your diet. And you're so right, John, with like nutrition. You know, I have patients like the the vitamin D levels are just non-existent. You know, how can they function? Of course, they're going to have depression, even with zinc. Simple thing, you don't think about that. Zinc, vitamin uh, D3, uh, vitamin C, B12, all of these will affect your mood. And then thyroid, testosterone, all of these will cause depression and anxiety. I actually even was suffering from severe anxiety until I got my testosterone checked. I was like, what's going on with me? And I realized, oh, hey, women can have low testosterone. So. I'm feeling so much. But, you know, now. that's why, Sonia. I'm glad you guys. Are, you know, we're, we're doing what most people don't do. See, we do a wellness center, not just ketamine center. And what does that mean? Well, if your body is not functioning properly, your mind's not going to function properly. That's real. That's real simple stuff. That's not rocket science, guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we we want to know. It's not a guessing game. Okay. So we take a lot of the guesses guesswork out. So we do micronutrient testing on a cellular level to see where you have too much or too little nutrients in your body that can affect the homeostasis of your body, the balancing of your body. Then we do gut testing. Gut is your second brain, okay? So we look at your gut, and we want to see what's going on there. So we make the proper diagnosis and give you the proper help that you truly need, not just throw stuff at you and say, oh, let's see, let's uh, have a shotgun effect to see what's going on. No. Okay. So these are the things that we do. And then one thing we haven't spoken about, which is an incredible substance. It's called MAD+. Oh, yes. MAD+, is an enzyme 
that is the fuel for your mitochondria, which is your engine for every cell in your body. Now, we manufacture NAD naturally, but as we age, just like testosterone and all these other things, it diminishes, okay? So when you replenish this, okay, you'll get more energy, and it has a caveat. It helps with depression and anxiety as well, which is like really cool, all right? Yeah. Now, I always tell people, look, I like to lead by example. I just turned 77 yesterday, and I don't take any medications. Thank you, son. I don't take any medications. I work out. Everything I tell people to do, I do. Do I do it perfect? No. All right? I still like my little macaroni. You know, but, no matter <laughs> what. but the truth of the matter is, is that I'm in great shape. All right? I'm healthy. I'm energized. I my work good, like unbelievable what I do. All right. So I set an example. Because I remember my I had a therapist that I hired and I didn't know she smoked. She came out and she smoked a cigarette. Right? That is an addiction treatment center. So I look at it, I said, put that out. So well, why? I said, You're teaching people not to be addicted to the the drugs and you're smoking a drug. Doesn't fly here. Either you quit or you're fired. Nice. Does she quit? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cigarettes were more important than the job. And it's like more important than family. A, a drug is a drug is a drug, guys. We call it RDS, Reward Deficiency Syndrome. Okay? It's not just about drugs, it's also about behaviors. What it means is you have lack of dopamine and serotonin, so you seek to medicate yourself with other substances or other behaviors. So, what you got to understand, do your research, man. You know, if you buy a car, you guys are really studying what kind of car, which is going to cost, it, all this kind of stuff. If you buy a house, you make sure the electric's okay, the plumbing's okay, the roof's okay. If you go to a treatment center, make sure they're okay. Okay? Yeah. And how do you know if they're okay or not? Look for long-term care. You got to look for all of that stuff. Otherwise... And look at the ambiance. Look at the energy when you walk in. People, when you start to get in tune, if you see frantic energy and you see people rushing you out of the room when you're done with the ketamine, you know what that tells you? Next. Next. Yeah. It's a, an assembly line. Now, if you like assembly lines, then that's going to be fine. You can go there. But if you want help, go to places that don't do that. Very, very true. You know what I just learned? Um, actually, this morning I was listening, so I have to delve a little bit deeper in uh, some research with uh, the semaglutide or the Ozempic, you know, that is being used for right. weight loss. Yeah, it was actually, it's showing, and I've seen it with a lot of patients, that for addiction, for addiction they're, yeah. it, it affects their dopamine receptor that they're not wanting alcohol. They're not wanting sugar. They're like stopping, you know, certain... Um, you know, vices that they have, you know, anything ingestible, like they don't like it, it, like the alcohol tastes funny to them and stuff. So that actually might be a another uh, benefit too. Well, I'm glad you talked about that because there's a pushback on semaglutide, all right? People are saying, well, it's causing this. That's why we check people out and make sure they're appropriate for it. Mm -hmm. See, this is what I'm trying to say, guys. Look, you, you, you have to do the homework. You have to do the medicals. And you have to care enough, not just to take their money. So, oh, we're going to lose weight. You have to do this. 
Well, look, right. we make sure it's medically uh, appropriate for the people. Just like when you go to do ketamine, we don't just take anybody for ketamine. You have to have a psych eval. We have to know there's a certain rule outs, okay? If you have schizophrenia, if you have... Uh, uh, um, Main, mainly uh, bipolar. Yeah. Severe bipolar, manic bipolar disorder, okay, disassociative disorder. We're not here to hurt people. We're here to help people, mm -hmm. okay? And we drop urines on them to make sure that they're not doing ketamine when they come here. Because people say, oh, it's an addiction. I'm not finding that. I thought I would, to be honest with you. I'm really not finding it. Now, we have people come in and want to do ketamine. Oh, I just want to do ketamine. No, no, goodbye. Have a nice day. But there are said centers that take them anyway. <laughs> so they're just a, a, a certified drug dealer now, just like the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to learn about things, watch Sonia's podcast, okay? I have my new podcast coming up also called The Pros and Cons of Psychedelic Treatment. I want pushback. I want to educate people. Okay, we can agree to disagree. It's okay, but have the right information. Yes, and done safely. And that's yeah. really the purpose of my podcast. I know, you know, you say, like in this space now, I do believe right with like treatment. We in our clinic, it's very referral based. Psychi psychiatrists are on board. We get psyche valves, but in the psychedelic space, in the mind opening space, I do think that there's a space for people that want to discover their subconscious mind, even if they're not suffering from depression, you know, just like in the history where, you know, people that did LSD for problem solving and just discovery and all that, if they're not hurting anyone, it's just, that's not what ketamine clinics are for. It should be for diagnosed treatment, especially in the medical clinical setting, there needs to be treatment standards and monitoring because there are patients that psychedelics can cause a psychotic break and patients that, let's say, didn't know that they had schizoaffective disorder or they were grown and they had a genetic, you know, all some genetic gene predisposed to like psychosis, right? And then they do one psychedelic and boom, that is where the psychedelic kind of gives it a bad name, but we don't know the patient history. So you don't, if you don't do it in a safe way, like in certain clinics, getting the full background, getting the histories, you know, we know family histories of what their families had ahead of time of treatment so that we can prevent any area or just be aware if something does come up, right? You know, especially with bipolar, you know, that's not an absolute contraindication, correct? You know, but if they're manic bipolars, when, how long are their episodes? What are their signs and symptoms? Because it's not that, that we're going to, right, right. And how long does it last? And what are their signs and symptoms approaching it so that we can work closely with a psychiatrist and it doesn't mean that, oh, no, we're never going to treat manic bipolars because they do get treated with ketamine. You know, they do very well. But if the mania starts to present itself, we pause treatment, right? It can't just be gone willy-nilly. That's the difference of what we're doing. And not about selling our treatment center. What we're doing is selling you health mm -hmm. and safety, okay? And what you yeah, need, it takes a little extra work to do what we do. But we got to err on the side of safety, which is paramount. So what good is getting rid of your depression and you end up dying or <laughs> something happens to you, okay? Yeah. And, you know, most places don't want to go that deep. And they and also, Sonia and Callie, they're my partners, they're also CRNAs, okay, nurse practitioners, anesthesiologists. 
and they're they're critical care nurses. So if anything should occur, they know what to do. They don't have to make a phone call to get some doctor on the phone that you can't get on the phone. They ask them what they do if there's an event. Now, we don't have any events, but they could be. It's like anything else. You go to surgery, it can be wonderful, and all of a sudden you have an event. So we prepare for the things that may happen, okay, and have the right staff to handle that in case it does happen. So, you know, some of these places have nurse practitioners, but they're not critical care nurses. They might be family course practitioners or different kinds, and they have an event, they'll freak out. They'll have to call a doctor. They don't know what to do. Well, and for the most part, they'll actually dose lower, so it says, you know, because ketamine is pretty safe, but then there's a lot of patients, depending on medications, that they'll need to go on a higher dose, right? Most Most clinics won't go above one milligram per kilogram, Whereas, you know, we'll easily, you know, go 1.6, 1.8 because we're comfortable with the medicine, knowing its safety profile, but also knowing how to manage an adverse event, though we've never had one, but we are comfortable in that. Whereas other clinics may not be comfortable because they don't have that experience with ketamine or maybe are afraid and maybe are um, not sure of what could possibly happen or how to manage that, right? But some patients based on their medications need higher, not always, but they do need higher dosing, and that's something that we feel comfortable with, you know, to, to get that ex- experience, to get that healing, and to go into that depth. And the difference is this. They have the, they have years of experience in doing this. And, you know, it's like you almost can walk in, you know, exactly what what's going to happen. Because you, you've seen thousands of people, you know. So, and that's another thing. Do you want a person that's just learning how to do surgery? You want somebody who's done surgery. So, I mean, you know, where do you want to go? You know, it's your life, okay? So just be aware. When you come to Ketamine Clinic of South Florida, you come to another one, look, all we want you to do is to get well. So we're not here to say we're the best and that's it. There are other people that do good work too, okay? But please, check them out so you know the difference, you know? Exactly. That's it. Ask the questions. Ask, do they provide integration? What is the dosing? What are your appointment times? Because we have patients that come to us that, you know, from other centers that they were being rushed out at an hour and 20 minutes, you know, have zonked out. You know, sometimes you need the full two hours to go through the full process of the experience and emergence. And, and you know, you don't want to be rushed because that also affects your outcomes and your perceptions of what came through the experience, you know. So it's just really asking the questions, who's going to be your provider, who, you know, seeing the rooms, and most importantly, is there crit integration provided? Because that is going to be really what's going to seal that the neuroplasticity. You know, it's like working out. So go to the gym for a month, work out real hard, and then don't have to go for the next year. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> is there a pill for that? <laughs> work out for good, all right? And, you know, and, yeah. and, you know I, I laugh at people. Some people are like, oh, we're a month. You know, I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad you went a month. That's, I'm happy for you. Okay, yeah. so you know, and also we do. We have them on a heart monitor. We have we, we check their oxygen levels. We monitor them. They're, they're, I mean, we really stay on top of every moment of what's going on. Yeah, not that you you're in a room where we leave you alone forever. And that's it. To whatever happens, that happens. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, that's why I'm so happy that you changed your mind about ketamine. And that was the first thing I actually when I first met you at Canadelic a few years ago. You were still very anti-ketamine. You're like, oh, I had the opportunity of opening a clinic, but no. 
Right. You know, so I'm glad you've evolved and learned and, you know, but it's true. There is that, that perception and that, um, you know, with addiction, it's, they're anti-psychedelics, anti, you know, ketamine. You know what is going to change? I'm going to tell you what has changed. When the insurance companies pay for it. Yes. Then all of a sudden, everybody's going to, we are on board. It's all about money, guys. It's like our government. It's like everything our plant. Everything's only about money. Not everybody's like that, okay? But most of the people are. So this stuff's going to change when they get paid for it. And what's crazy is insurance will save so much money once they start paying for psychedelic therapy. Yeah, but the problem is, Sonia, they're connected with the pharmaceutical companies. Remember something. When you fix somebody, okay, or they fix themselves, they no longer get the medications. That's a trillion-dollar business. They're pushing back on this stuff like unbelievable. Because what you're doing is you're taking their patients. They don't care about people getting well. We're walking cash registers. Okay, cha ching, cha ching, cha ching. Every time you drop a pill, so ketamine stops that. Yeah, kind of difficult, different kind of model. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on to talk to me about this. I've, it's been weighing on me about this. Why is this addiction space? Because you've been telling me why are they so anti-ketamine and psychedelics and all this. So I've been uh, definitely wanting to have you back on to talk about that. Okay. From money and perception. That's what it's about. Yeah. Mostly money, believe it or not. I promise you, if they can make money from it, perception goes away. Yeah, they don't they won't care. <laughs> no, they won't care at all. Oh well they listen, they cover it so it must be okay. You know, I, I well, know they're around. Hopefully that starts soon then. It will. It's already started. Perfect. Yeah, they actually have CPT codes now for psychedelic assisted psychotherapy different billing codes. So it's definitely in the works. That's the change because too many people are dying from yes. these medications, these SSRIs, committing suicide. It's 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 over, okay? Yeah. And the bottom line is, I'm not saying that, look, if you are on medication and it works for you, by all means, continue doing it, uh -huh. okay? But if you're tired of it and it's not working and you keep jumping around, okay, you're having severe depression, maybe you need to try something different. That's all I'm saying. Yes. I'm not saying poo-poo medication, okay? For some people, they need to be on medications because they just buy into that. They don't want to change, and it works for them. Keep doing it, please, okay? We're not about telling you what to do. We're just telling you there's options. If it doesn't work for you, go back to your medication. Simple. But I think the real yeah. cause, I think it's in real and uh, the real outcomes is really getting to the root cause especially in the mental health you know it started for a reason yes some sometimes it is genetic and there's different chemical alterations and certain uh diagnosis but for the most part is there's events that happen whether you witness or experience there are events that occur that changes the way you behave changes your diet changes your behavior all of a sudden the stress response and everything becomes depleted and then your serotonin becomes off Right, you can't just treat going that. Our food supply, our water supply, yeah. our air supply. We're killing ourselves. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, well. We could go on that for hours, but I won't. Oh. <laughs> thank you so much, John. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. I may have you gone again in the future. I always love talking about Ibogaine. So we'll talk more about that again. So 
everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for this week's dose of psychedelic healing. Have a beautiful night. opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.